0: And a whoopsie doodle.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A whoopsie doodle. (laughs)
2: Welcome back to Word of the Witnesses. We had a very special episode for you today. This is, as always, one of your hosts, Beep, and I am joined by the lovely Cece. Hello. We had the pleasure of speaking not only to Terry Metalis again, but also to have Amanda Schul, better known as Cassie, on the podcast discussing the season one finale as well as some overarching Cassie
3: themes throughout the show. This is just, um, gosh, this was just so fun. Um, what a fun, like, I can't even, you guys are in store for such a treat. It's like over two hours of just listening to the amazingly intelligent and hilarious Amanda Shule and Terry Metallus. Um, Not only breaking down sort of the big um, beginning of Cassie's arc in 113, um, but also just talking about um, the, the character of Cassie and what a groundbreaking uh, character she is on TV. TV and all that comes with that um, and some amazing behind the scene stories and we of course ask the big red forest question um we talk about it right at the top and we come back to it at the end so make sure to stay tuned for that um we're really excited for you all so with no further ado here's our interview with amanda Schul and terry Mattels. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us to talk about episode 113, These Arms of Mine. So you guys both went back and rewatched the episode. Tell us your feelings about them. Oof.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I, as I thought I would, but that's typical because you, you kind of see the warts when you go back. But I think what, I don't know Amanda depending on wh- what you think I, it, it it just felt like we're still trying to find ourselves a little bit.
0: Well, I it was seemed like a baby show. When I was yeah. watching it, it there are just so many things that we had yet to discover and rabbit holes we had yet to figure out and go down and all the layers, you know, even the characters, the reason f- for their being and their existence and their missions and everything else hadn't, the groundwork hadn't been laid yet, and so I was right. watching it I was just thinking, it was just, we were in our infancy, you know, every single thing seemed infant to me.
4: Yeah, it, I think, it, to me, I've always said that the, the whole first season is kind of like the pilot uh, in a lot of ways that um it isn't really until season two that we are fully confident in, here's the show here are the characters You know, um, at least that's how I feel about it.
2: I saw, I know when I went back and we've talked to, we got a bunch of people to uh, watch it recently. And I know going back, like, I I understand what you guys are saying. It's um, season one is distinctly different, I think, from the rest of the show. However, there's such a nostalgia and like a a degree of connection that goes into it once you know the whole story. I think that elevates it from watching it, you know, in in a bubble.
3: It's a really there, great rewatch.
4: There were there, there were moments I loved. I mean, when Elliot Jones came on and you see the baby machine, and mm-hmm. uh, I loved that. And I I do think from the second Cassie walks in with her gun raised, uh, Ramsey, it starts to feel like there's our show, and you know, and here's the beginning of I wouldn't say the beginning, but like now we're really seeing Cassie arc to what we're what we're seeing. This, you know, I've said this a billion times, but the show is very much from Cassie's point of view. Um, and you, I mean, you track the whole series, it's, it's that whole arc, you know, leading up to that last moment, um, at, uh, at on um, Titan, uh, where she, with the machine, whether or not she turns it off or not. And so I think you see a lot of, I mean, the one who arcs the most in this episode is Cassie, you know? Um, and I actually, I was, you know, there's a lot of good things I should go back and say. I thought Noah was really good.
2: So good.
4: Yeah. So,
0: so good.
4: Um, getting the shit kicked out of him. And, yes. Um, uh, which, I, which is surprising, you know, because there's so many other louder moments, I think, fan-wise, um, that people focused on. But I was like, oh, wow. And, and Ramsey's sort of subtle, beaten down, quiet, whispery performance, I thought, was great. Especially knowing that he had massive diarrhea. Um, <laughs> <while> she- <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. It's. Uh, I mean, I, Kirk will tell you.
2: Had- I have no doubt Kirk would tell us that.
4: What? What was it? Amanda Popeye's
2: Popeye's. Chicken?
4: <laughs> yeah, he had. But it was like one of the last days of shooting. He had Popeye's chicken in that standoff no, scene. No,
0: but we uh, we we have to go back. He had been training and he did the New York Marathon. So his system just wasn't equipped to handle the deluge of Popeye's that he <laughs>
2: <laughs> Deluge of Popeye's is the name of this
4: podcast from here.
2: On here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah, seen he, the he- names of our podcast. You know that's going to be it, right? <laughs>
4: I, I think like there's there there made the dailies too. I think he rushes off mid sentence and
0: it was the earliest <laughs> Friday night of of shooting we had.
4: Oh yeah, we were done at like three thirty. No, went home. we were
0: done at like midnight. Terry, I walked in at midnight and my husband looked at me. and was like, "What are you doing home? Like, right. We never finished that early on a Friday."
4: Right, and we had to do an all nighter after. Yeah, I remember.
0: Oh.
2: So I know it doesn't tie directly to the episode, but Terry, since you brought it up and everyone else who's come on has already answered it, Amanda, for you, Mm. did Cassie stop the countdown or not?
0: Are we getting right into that right now? We're doing it. We're doing (gasps) it. I mean, you guys did this to yourselves. (laughs) I thought that we were going to get like a little foreplay before launching into that. (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh, no, this isn't me. This is all <laughs> this is all beep. I needed to work up to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I texted
0: Terry specifically about this yesterday. I, I said, I'm really nervous about answering this question because I, I mean, the cop out answer is uh, the right ending is the one you chose, you mm-hmm. know,
3: so the cop out: Yeah, it is. Um, but which one do you think Cassie would choose? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm of – I'm not even of two minds. I'm of so many minds. And Terry and I actually pretty hotly debated this in Prague for a while. Um, we did? Yeah, we did. And you were calling me dark and dark-hearted. I think, I think I was kind of siding with Sean's perspective on it. And mm-hmm. because – Oh gosh, um,
4: that silence is the is the sound of hearts breaking. All over the In case you're wondering,
0: but why are you saying hearts breaking? Because not stopping the countdown is the most romantic thing she could possibly have done that would be to live eternity in the happiest of moments. And her happiest of moments are all with Cole and her child and living in the fifties in the house of cedar and pine. And how could you dare say that that isn't the most beautiful thing that she could choose to do?
4: I, I mean, if you're asking, I think it's, are you actually asking me? I, Cause I think, I, I think it's selfish. I, and I also don't think it, it, you know, I, I think I, we texted about this last night. I, I think it makes Cassie weak personally. I I think it like she doesn't complete her arc, and I don't think she listens to Cole, who's saying that an ending is what makes a life fullest. Um, so in that in in that version, she would have to be like, Nah, fuck it, Cole. I I'm going against what you think and what we have fought for for four years. And I'm going to this, make this choice for the entire universe. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if that's I, – I, I understand it. And it's, Okay, and, so it, I it, see it, that
0: argument. And I see that you're saying that that would make her weak. But, you know, it's that episode when she realizes – and we, we shot it differently. And I, I, at the beginning of the episode when she says that she's owed, they're yeah. owed, time owes them after everything that they've done – it's almost like she's she's making the argument that the one for seven billion is how she's going to proceed, right? So, I mean, in foreshadowing, you could say that, that that's where her stance is, you know, hours, days, whatever it is, until she reaches um, the balcony in Titan. And, and so I get your argument, and I don't even know whether I'm playing devil's advocate at this point just for the sake of it, but is it? Is it weak when she's just reclaiming what she's owed at that point? Uh,
4: I I, I think so. I I mean, I... I, Because it's for love? But I think the other thing is for love, too. I mean, he's saying, don't do that. You know, he's saying, I really don't want you to do that. (laughs) And when none of us, none of us want you. And Ramsey, even Ramsey's come around. And I, you know, I just... is. If Ramsey's stronger than Cassie, I don't know what we wrote. You know what? So I, I don't okay, know.
0: I object to that. Ramsay-
4: <laughs> I did. I went right for the jugular right
0: there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, know how to t- I know how to turn Amanda around.
0: <laughs> um, Ramsey hasn't turned around. He doesn't n- come around. He doesn't know what he, he doesn't know the extent to, of what he's fighting for at that point.
4: Uh, yeah, he does. I think he does. No, he, he doesn't. Does. <laughs> yeah, he knows it's not about it's the end of the universe and, and the red. Force. Look, I digress, but the the point is, I, I and I just don't know if it makes sense, um, narratively that she would not have hit the button. But like, we look, it's it's the it the this discussion is what you know we set out to do, you know, so it, it's not clearly defined and it, it truly is up to the audience, although. There was a fan on that Facebook page who made the most uh, intelligent argument yet, just from a point of view perspective, is why would you cut to the planet if you're in the Red Forest? Like, who's that for? The audience? Is the audience in the Red Forest? You know, so. um,
0: Well, also, we do have to say that when we shot it, you did shoot um, me actually pressing the button. You just chose not to put that in.
4: Right. Right. So So, it's it's up to you. Yeah. It's if it's but so you you don't think you so
0: I didn't say that Terry. I didn't say what I thought. <laughs> I did 11 minutes and 56 out. seconds of bullshit. It's,
4: it's so <laughs> wishy washy commit commit. You're you're on team Sean. It's okay. I'm
0: not it's on a- anyone's team. I vacillate. You know, it's like I feel that we could make such a strong argument for either and could we also say that that she I mean, because think about it. If she were in the Red Fort, if, if she didn't stop it, are the moments afterwards in the coda where um, Cassie's voiceover is happening and we're seeing each person's perfect moment, uh, then is her perfect moment all of the junk that leads up to Cole appearing? Why would that be her perfect moment before? Well,
4: I agree. I, that's why I, like, it starts to bend the rules of the Red yes. Forest. Mm-hmm. um You know, and I think a lot of people are like, "Well, we saw they all lived happily ever after." Yeah, but I mean, maybe not. I mean, Lasky probably died in a car accident. Jennifer probably got died. Poor Lasky. And I mean, like, (laughs) so, (laughs) so you never know. You never know. Like, (laughs) just because you saw two seconds of (laughs) of of what of their of a moment in their lives doesn't mean that you know it was all happiness twenty four seven. But. But
0: so Jerry's saying right then and there that there was no red force because twenty-four seven would be Red Forest. It would be every single one of your best moments all you know accumulated in, in one
4: Right. Which we'd have to we'd have to believe that Lasky and Adler's perfect moment is then played just forever <laughs> in, in a park. You know. Uh, yeah. so you know, but uh, I, I, you know, look, again, it's designed for the audience to 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 make
3: choose your own adventure,
4: decision. it's choose your own adventure. Um, yeah, maybe, Snatch.
3: maybe like two minutes later after we saw them hug, Cole walked in and like hates what Cassie's done with the place. Like right, <laughs> and they're just like <laughs> right,
4: right. You know, now they live happily ever after. They get to bitch about decorating. <laughs>
3: Um, I had just, just a couple follow-ups, Amanda. Mm. On the day you filmed it. Filmed. Filmed the, the scene on the balcony. Y-
0: yeah, that wasn't a day. That was <laughs>
3: <laughs> four or
0: five so, in the morning. Yeah. It was two days, actually.
3: We were You'd, on that
4: balcony forever.
3: You did actually press the button. Yes. And when you read so, – because when we had Todd on and he read the script, and he said, when I read the script, there was no amb- to him there was no ambiguity. Right, going right. into filming. Did you feel the same way? Like as you were reading the script and filming it, did you see the ambiguity then?
0: No, I didn't. When we were filming it, though, Terry wanted more of the um, the torment the to really to really weigh the options. Um, but there wasn't ambiguity. In the script, no. Todd is absolutely correct with that. And also, um, just another little tidbit: there was no actual button there um, (laughs) (laughs) when we were when we were filming. um, So much of it needed to be done digitally later in post production that it was just this. Like I don't even know that it was. Metal, I think it was like plywood kind of a thing in front of me with like green on it and then a green screen in front of me. Um, and so I was, Terry's like, and then you're and then you're pressing the buttons. And I was like, where are the buttons? There is nothing here. There is just like, so I'm like doing like booby 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 bop on like just a panel of nothingness. Hoping-
4: Say buttons again.
0: No, I see knew you, the second that came out of my mouth, I was like, <laughs>
4: Say what? Amanda has the most perfect diction. <laughs> Buttons. Titan. We used to, What? how did you used to say Titan?
0: I very specifically, a few minutes ago, said Titan. I did not right. say Titan. I chose Titan.
4: <laughs> we had to go back. We had to go back. Didn't we ADR some of your Titans? We they were ADR'd so perfect?
0: everything. Nobody gives me a complex about the way I speak more than Terry Metallis.
4: Oh, we, come on. Uh, no.
0: There was an episode. Oh, it was the. Painting episode um, where we're going.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But that wasn't just me. That was Aaron too.
0: No, Aaron ended up feeling really sorry for me because I was having like a breakdown trying to say the word, you dropped a bomb. So we're shooting this episode where we're trying to get the... Painting, and <laughs> and and at the, <laughs> we're having this very intense moment between Cassie and Cole, and Terry had to go to a meeting, so he's leaving set, and he walks by, and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's painting, pa- pa- I can't even say it." He's he's like, it's
4: "Painting, it's painting, painting, painting,
0: pa- painting, pain. paint."
2: But that's like that you're in jersey in It's pa- paint oh, painting.
4: There's still a T, but it's like kind of a soft T.
2: So, (laughs) I think we can all agree that the right pronunciation is the one that you choose. (laughs) (laughs) But he leaves set. We designed
4: it that way.
0: He leaves set, (laughs) and I'm there, and it's like this intense moment. I'm like, and we need to get the paint. Like. It just turned yeah. into like suddenly a western. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Aaron's trying really hard. It's, people are championing me from be like behind the camera, and I was like, I can't do it. And Terry just left me with this. Oh, <laughs> it was awful.
4: Tighten.
0: Tight. Tighten.
4: Mm. But button. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Let's just do show. this for
3: two hours. <laughs> This is
4: pretty much what we would do while
3: making the show. And Just to get a full picture, were you in that – was that the 80s heist episode?
0: Yes, that must have been. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was.
3: Oh, and that's Mm. actually – that's been um, – just like quick follow-up to that one. Um, Who were you dressed up as? This is actually like a big source of debate. (laughs) I think
0: I was like – Every single 80s rom com high school.
4: Like, Molly Ringwald, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, like Molly Ringwald conglomeration, not conglomeration, uh, what's the word? Elizabeth one?
4: Shue. Yeah, like um,
0: every, like- it was just like every single person from Jennifer Goins is a, a memory of, um, of 80s rom com. It wasn't anyone's, everybody else was specific.
3: Got like, it. Okay. I, I so wasn't like-
0: really specific.
3: Okay, because we've had like Desperately seeking, seeking Susan and the other people thought Sarah Jessica Parker, but it's like an 80s Frankenstein, like putting everyone together. Yeah, yeah. it was
0: also – I walked into the fitting and um, Joyce Shore, who's our amazing uh, wardrobe designer, was working with Emily and Emily's 80s costumes were much more involved than – anyone else's. And, um, I had a very short window of time for the fitting before we were shooting it. And I had to get back to set for, um, for more, uh, work that day. And so I just had this little window. I went in, I think I tried those acid, hideous acid wash jeans on, um, like put my, like rolled my, put my socks up, put the shirt on. She looked at me and she was like, yeah, perfect. Okay. Thank you. And I just walked out. And that was like (laughs) the extent of the fitting for the eighties for, for that particular look. That was it.
2: Well, and it seems appropriate. I feel like Jennifer would give Cassie the least attention. <laughs> yeah, well, she's
0: very, you know, she she liked the idea of the two guys, but she's very concerned. I mean, this is her chance to like really go all out. She was Cindy Lopper and, and then like <laughs> Dynasty. Like, you know, it was it was her imagination. So, yeah, why would she spend any time making Cassie, you know, Peacock Cassie up when she has herself to worry about?
3: What was your favorite day? of dress up what do you have a favorite costume like time period just for the aesthetic so like not plot
0: it I saw that question and I was really stumped by it and because like I said Joyce our wardrobe designer was brilliant and so a lot of those beautiful um period dresses even just like back to the 60s and the the 50s a lot of those were rentals so um they were authentic. Actually, even when we went to the 1800s, there's a dress that we don't really see much, but that I wore a lot, that was a vintage dress from the 1800s. Oh my gosh, it was just absolutely beautiful. The silk on it was so delicate and gorgeous, and I ripped it to shreds. Um, But just so, so lovely. And then she also designed and built pieces specifically for me. The the dresses, there were two of them, one for inside and one for outside of the, the red ball. And then also um, the dress from our Nazi episode was designed just for me. I mean, that's not very common on a show that you get to have these beautiful things designed specifically for your body and for a time period that you've only ever seen in pictures and movies. I mean, it was just such a luxury.
3: Yeah. I always like the costume work on the show. It's just so beautiful. Um,
0: She was so passionate about what she did. Aside from being brilliant, she really put a lot of work into research and really cared. And she has an incredible memory as well. So, I mean, you could mention something to her just in passing and she would have it prepared for you the next fitting. Just brilliant at her job.
4: Yeah. And she... I would say when I think back on Twelve Monkeys, I, I, it's funny I think about that wardrobe room all the time. Yeah, like it was just a fun those fittings. In fact, that's probably where we. It was so busy we would be able to hang out the most was during those like endless wardrobe fittings. But but Joyce was was she's a genius, really. I mean, if you get to work with her, that's the way to do it.
3: Yeah, agreed. Um,
2: can we? Do you remember circle- what
4: her nickname for you was, Amanda?
2: No. No, Are we going to hear it now? What is it?
4: (laughs) It it was Old Swampy, wasn't
0: it? Oh, shut up. (laughs) Will
4: you care to explain the nickname, the origin?
2: I'm sure somebody
0: who purchased that Cassie Rayleigh um, jacket could explain (laughs) it quite well. You know what I'm talking about.
4: (laughs) Um, It was very hot on set. We'll say that.
0: It's not just that. It Casting for seasons two, actually three and four, wore the same leather jacket every <laughs> single day, every single episode. A lot of fights, a lot of choreography, a lot of rehearsal for those fights. A lot of sweat was produced. And <laughs> <laughs> the, that leather jacket just had a hard time keeping up with all the work that I put into the show. And um, we we could not figure out a way to de-swamp the armpits <laughs> of, of that jacket. And and then the other day, I saw, I don't know how I was tagged on it or something, th- that NBC Universal did um, a wardrobe sale and I saw the jacket up for sale. And I texted Terry and I was like, wait, wait, did they clean it? Okay. <laughs> It can't be cleaned. Oh, no. Yeah, it can't be cleaned. A. B, oh, no. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Somebody bought that. Somebody got that sent in the mail. Like if. (laughs) Like sniffer dogs at the post office were like. (laughs)
4: They just start howling. They just howl.
0: <laughs> oh, so that's
4: that. There you go. Okay, sorry, sorry, I derailed everything.
3: <laughs> oh, that was the best derailment ever. Um, I bet Amanda. I yes. just want to circle back.
0: <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> talk about that some more?
3: <laughs> Give the people what they want. <laughs> Um, I want to circle back really quickly, Um, just back to the countdown question. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So when you sat and watched the finale, Mm -hmm. did you think that she stopped the countdown?
0: When I sat and watched the finale, um, well, I didn't sit and watch the finale – without having seen several scenes prior and doing all of the ADR work oh, God, leading up God. to it. So I knew what I was going to see. So God. I don't even have a direct response <laughs> for you for that. Um, I, I knew what we were getting into because I knew that we were laying the groundwork for the ambiguity um, in the editing. I knew that Terry was setting it up for it to be a conversation at the end. And um, so I think, and you know what else? I think that some people watching it have a very concrete idea of what they just saw. That they don't have this wishy-washy response. I think that a lot of people see it and they see that it was stopped. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people, you know, will have these debates afterwards, but that's also the fun of it. I mean, if I were to say to you, this is absolutely what happened or this is absolutely not what happened," doesn't that suck some of the fun from it? Isn't that like – isn't that learning about Santa Claus?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, it's – but it's, you know, it's like an inkblot test, right? So I think that's still – I think that's still intact for everyone. Um. But one thing that it kind of ties into something that we – we spend – we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about Cassie. And one of the – even as early in season one, sort of threads that seems – to go through all of the seasons is Cassie asserting her agency? Yes, and that moment I think you can—I think it ties into that moment because I think you could say sort of what you were arguing before, maybe this is Cassie finally saying, "No, I am owed. owed, right? Right, and I'm making this choice, and I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to be—you know—you you, know, you, listen, you hear, hear Cole out, and then you decide for yourself. Right. Um, that's one side of
0: it. Sorry, ladies, my. Dog. I know. I'm excited to see you, too. (laughs) Cooper. Oh, what's your dog's name? Yeah, tell us about your
2: dog. That's important. (laughs) No,
0: he's very suspicious because I'm in a room where he's not supposed to get in, and now he's, like, found me, and so this is very exciting. Um... Sorry, please, please continue. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We,
3: ha- we always have pets joining. <laughs> Ours. And, yeah, so it's great. Um, but I, at, the, at the flip side of that is she's making that choice for literally everybody else in the world. Yes.
0: Um, I would also, though, argue that every single choice that she's made on missions has been for everybody in the world for the last uh, four years. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, she's she asserts herself. I think what's also interesting is the, and I know Terry's now like going over my pronunciation of interesting. <laughs> oh my um, god,
4: we know each other so well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, is that one thirteen? There. So there's this is arc um, of, ter- of ca- <laughs> Terry of Cassie's character um, throughout episode. Um, for throughout the season, season one, and one thirteen, when I was watching it, when I was rewatching it, really, really showed the beginning, the, the concrete beginnings of her shutting down and creating walls. You know, walking out um, in the coffee shop and, and rubbing the soot. You know, the last, uh, the last evidence of Aaron off of her face, and then he betrayed us done end of conversation moving on mm-hmm. and so she's she she's beginning to realize that sentimentality has no place in this new world and if she allows herself a moment of of pit, self-pity or even really pity for anybody else it's at the consequence of the existence of the rest of the world so it's just the beginnings of that, I think, just seen um, in 113. and she has, she has to start doing that or else n- not only is, is her well, not only is she going to not survive, but seven billion people are, are going to suffer the consequences as well.:
4: There's a really interesting thing that I'm, now that I think we're far enough away from the show that I can be a lot more honest on. I think, it, that happened with Cassie, uh, is you know, you, it, it's like Amanda said, you, you start to see her arc, you see her shutting down. What it, There's a thing that happened at the beginning of season two where you see this harder Cassie who goes and lives in the apocalypse. This one, you know, that the Cassie who dealt with, like, she gave, you know, her fiancé is burned to a crisp, yet, you know, Ramsey is sitting pretty with his bestie. Um, the sacrifices that Cassie made to, to follow Cole on this mission. And then really Cole didn't make any. I mean, aside from, you know, what happened with his father, which he wasn't a direct participant in. But the fact that fans, uh, there were fans uh, and and as, as recent as what was that last week, Amanda? Yeah,
1: that was Uh, last week.
4: Just will be like, Cassie's a fucking bitch. And I just want to say officially now. You can go fuck yourself if that's what you think. Cassie is... You have to go back and look at everything that's happening from Cassie from the pilot, from her point of view. And if you don't have an attitude or a point of view that's guarded and protective and angry by season two, you're crazy. And And I couldn't believe how there was this subsection of fans that were just like, why is she being so mean to Cole? I'm like, look, it's fine that Cole has a sweet face and he's got a crush on her, but he did a lot of bad shit. You know, I mean, at the end there, they go to put down Rams and he's like, don't shoot after taking her on this. Anyway, um, I get rather impassioned by this because I'm not sure that that's something that would happen to a male character. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if people would, um, uh, call that out and be like, he's being such a dick or anything like that. And, and with that, it, it's disappointing because a lot of it is, are, are fans that are women that say that. And I just, I, I don't feel like, and I've, I've gone back and given it a really hard look and be like, is she, did we, did we not tell that story right? And it's that, it's just not, I mean, I don't know. I'll let Amanda jump in. But.
0: Well, I have so many thoughts about that. Um, you know, and Terry and I have discussed this ad nauseum. Um, but when we were shooting season two, Terry had more faith in the audience than I did. And I brought up a few times the concerns that I had that people won't have understood everything that she went through during the last several months in the the apocalypse and why she is the way that she is and um, you know why we see this new tougher hardened Cassie in, in 201 <clears throat> and terry terry had faith in the audience for understanding and believing and knowing over the 13 episodes prior everything that happened and then that we would they would we would be Intelligent enough to understand why she is as guarded and and toughened as she is in two hundred one, and I, I it, but don't forget two
4: hundred two has that the, the voiceover yes, opening yes, from Cassie. Yes, Bazzi. yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes.
0: Two hundred two um, also, and you know, and and I think yeah, it's it's all two hundred two is all about the, the you know adapt, survive, and, right, and doing right. what you need to do. To, to get the whole thing done. If she can just shut down her emotional side, she can get it done. She believes that th- this whole thing will will come to an end. It's all on her now. She has no time for emotion. And and the audience, I think, I was very disappointed in their reaction because I think that they were expecting a trope. And I think that they were expecting um, just a, a very simplistic two-dimensional character, and that's not what Terry or the other writers or I was hoping to convey. And I don't I don't think there have been a lot of characters on television, female characters that are quite as layered um, as what Monkeys was already presenting at the top of season two. I and mean, we I, I think that most people watching the four seasons would be on board with season 2 Cassie and understand but i think that early on in the show people weren't prepared for what the writers and Terry were giving them it they just they just wanted something simple and they wanted they wanted Cole's existence to be much more comfortable i also will say that Cole points a gun at Cassie in 202 or 203. Which one is it, Terry? Is it two, the end of 202? <coughs> it's the end of 201.
4: End of 201.
0: On the roof? Yes, yes, yes. End of 201, excuse me. Yeah. And nobody on any kind of social media platform ever at any point called attention to that. And I believe I'd have to rewatch it, but when we were shooting it, Cassie's pointing her gun at Jennifer. Yeah.
1: Because
0: Jennifer is about to drop the vial uh, off the top of the, balcony, the, the roof. Cole is the one who first aims at Cassie. Cassie doesn't aim yeah. at Cole and nobody called attention to that on social media. Every single person started saying that, you know, how dare Cassie do this and and Terry's right, it, the majority were women. And how disappointing is that? You know, it was it was really a frustrating moment for me with these fans who I thought who I thought were really getting the bigger picture. I think most of them did come around towards the end, but that was that was upsetting. It's also
4: that tricky thing, I think, from a writer. It's like when you go on uh, social media after any show, including ours, is that, and, and this is going to sound arrogant, it's not meant to be arrogant. It um, is, is that sometimes the audience doesn't know what's good for them. And meaning that... Is it uncomfortable that Cassie and Cole aren't getting along? Yes, because that's drama. (laughs) There's a scene there. You want them to come together. You want to earn that moment where they kiss in the house of cedar and pine. You don't want to just be like, why don't they just kiss? Which is like a joke, you know, you see that in 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 the shippers. Or it's just like, oh, I just want them. I'm like, I know. I know that's what you want. That's the drama in it. Like, I mean, would you have liked the show if by episode three they were just banging? Like, I would hate that show. Um, it's not earned, and 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 I think with the love story in general, um, I I the, the one I am actually kind of proud of the fact that we really held off until the end of season two on them being together. That it that it felt earned by the time you got there. So it felt like a moment just for the same for the characters that you wanted to protect you know um so again i think that that's that's just good drama um and yes i i it, it is upsetting i'm very defensive of cat. It, i had someone asked me the other day like who do you miss uh writing the most and you know the obvious answer would have been like you know jennifer because she's so much fun or blah, blah blah or or even jones who has this sophistication but it, when i but when i really thought about it being honest like the, the voice that I missed writing for the most was Cassie because one it, uh, she's the first character that I really wrote ever for the series when I wrote when I wrote the pilot but it was always from her point of view it, it was it was the do no harm doctor girl next door who is going to be thrust into the apocalypse and have to save the world and I, and I, that is truly and Cole is um without a doubt, the, the sort of hero figure, but it's really Cassie's story, you know, it becomes an ensemble for sure, but it is Cassie's story. There's a reason that voiceover at the end of Cassie, you know, her big last moment, even though Cole has the, the bookends. Um, it's her point, even her point of view of Cole coming back, Yeah, you know, it's Cassie's story. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little personal, I think.
3: Yeah, I think, it, we I don't – we spend a lot of time, um, and we're, we haven't even gotten to season two yet, um, but talking about this um, and talking about audience reaction to Cassie. And I think maybe one of – as frustrating – just sitting and thinking about it, as frustrating as it is, um, maybe sort of the looking to the future, like the silver lining to take away from it is that reaction – is a symptom or, or, or demonstrates that you all were doing something new mm-hmm. um, in terms of, it's almost like when it comes to sort of like the, um, especially in season two, like the emotional makeup of the characters, you guys were kind of subverting what we normally see from male and female characters on TV. Um, In terms of we're used to seeing the women being the ones that are more open and talking about their feelings. um, And the men that are kind of like closed down, but like the river runs deep. And season two kind of flipped the script on that, um, literally. And I think – that maybe that's one part of it. Another part is I think as like audience members, like we're more used to seeing the journey of somebody who starts out, for example, like Cole and comes to value, you know, human life and is talking about saving the life, and that's what we want to root for. And it's harder to watch someone like Cassie. I mean, she just systematically has everything stripped away from her, and that yeah. hardening. While totally understandable, if it's somebody you root for, it's hard. Like you don't, it's hard to watch because you don't you you get it, but you're like, it's painful, and it should be right. But um, just trying to like unpack, it doesn't frankly, sadly surprise me that um, female audience members react to that way. I mean, it's like a conversation we are having in this country generally about women, quote unquote, being likable, right, and like what that means and how people react to it, um. Yeah, it was, and
0: don't get me wrong. There were definitely a number of uh, audience members and female audience members who who understood and related and rose to Cassie's defense. But I, it was, I'm. It wasn't that I personally was insulted that people didn't like my portrayal or that you know I've I have played unlikable characters or bullies. I didn't think anything about Cassie's journey and, and how she was behaving at that moment was unlikable. I thought it was, no, let me rephrase, maybe it was unlikable, but it should have been understandable. And, um, and I think that's what, what was upsetting was that people weren't, weren't seeing the layers and the, the steps that took her to that place. you know, even getting to the episode, I think it's two ten. Um, when when we go to Berlin and uh, Cassie, mm-hmm. yeah, is – yeah, you're right.
4: That she, yeah, exactly. There uh, we go.
0: Yeah, um, Cassie's getting. Um, she's she's tied up and she has a mouth gag and she she gets hit a few times. <clears throat> we were doing these um, live tweets, and so we have to live tweet. Uh, we would live tweet the East coast feed and then the West coast feed. So it was an entire evening at that point. We had been um, transferred from a Friday night to Monday night. So Monday night I would get all oh, yeah. set up and, uh, you know, spend the better part of an entire evening discussing the show with fans, you know, having back and a back and forth and that episode aired and people were saying um, after the East coast feed, uh, it's about time somebody knocked Amanda Shul around. Not even Cassie. It was Amanda Shul at that point. Ooh. And Ooh, no, no. no, no, no. And um, if I, I'd like to hit her myself, and a few other. Someone comments. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And um, and I was trying to. I was t- tweeting, and then I usually would spend a little bit of time afterward, um, you know, recapping with some people on Twitter. And I was so floored by those tweets. I just, I started to cry because at that point I, I felt really personally about Cassie. And it wasn't that I was hurt that people wanted to hit Amanda Shule. It was that had I maybe not done my job to show everything that she had been through to that point or how, how could people be so callous and how as a society, are we that ignorant? And it was just so many things. I was so disappointed, and
4: I just. Well, would, to- would that happen again? Would they say that if it was a, a man? I mean, did they? Wa- the, did those same people watch Breaking Bad and be like, "I just want to hit Walter White"? No. Which no, because- I mean Walter it- White should be punched in the face like a billion times in mm-hmm. that show. Yeah. So, or Vic Mackey in the Shield, and, or Tony and, Soprano,
3: and, or right, or Tony yeah.
4: Soprano, or anything. But but the Don fact Draper. that it's mm-hmm. Cassie who is, you know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's there's something really misogynistic about
0: it's completely that. misogynistic, mm-hmm. and and that was it was so heartbreaking because the misogyny wasn't coming just from men. Like as you said, it was coming coming from from women in large part. And I started I started crying and and I started like getting prepared to to tweet the West Coast feed. And my husband looked at me and he was like, "What are you doing? No, no." Just let's call it a night for right now, you know. And I was so, I was so upset to, because I, I, did, I did have to call it a night because I, I couldn't engage anymore. At you know, after having seen that response, and well,
4: I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. uh, that's uh, I'm sorry. Well, it's and, you know, not and, your and fault. It's, if you, well, I mean, maybe it is. Like maybe there was. How, how are the, you? The, but, but Todd mentioned Todd. It's funny on the, on the Todder, He, he talks about how whenever Cassie specifically in season two, when she says, uh, it was just one night, mm-hmm. um, you know, that moment is we always h- held the camera on you a little longer you know, held the shot so that you could see the remorse. Like she would say something harsh, but then you would clearly see her conflict.
0: But also it was out of necessity. If you're not direct, if you don't say that, why would I keep leading somebody on as Cassie? Why would she keep leading somebody on? There is no time for that. Like literally, like there is no time for, even when it came to Cole and he takes her hand and she says, it's the past that is going to haunt us. You know, it's the past, it's, it's, or the, um, it's the, why the losing, it the yeah. losing, the losing that haunts us. Why would she allow herself emotional attachment? Why would she do that to anybody else? It is not fair. Nobody should have emotional attachment when dealing with what they're attempting to do.
4: But the other part of that, like, cause that that's in that episode after, Oh, that's after a lot of things. But the previous episode, she was mind-raped by the witness. Yes. The, so it's like, um, hey, um, I want to cozy up with you after you've just gone through this unbelievable traumatic experience, which may have led to the death of death of a child. For Cole to suddenly be like, but I love you. It's like, give her a minute. You know what I mean? So, um it, uh, but I, again, I like all this. Like, I, I, I like the, that you know, you could you could get in Cole's shoes and he just wants to comfort her. And that's where, where really good, I think, human drama comes from. And I never I I never wanted to look at any of these characters as like, well, how do we write a woman here? It wasn't it wasn't that. It was never about gender. It was like what makes these great characters.
0: Well, and um, also humans are the accumulation of their experiences, right? So right. what you did is, Terry, I'm sure you, as everyone listening here by now knows, he has a brilliant mind. Just, he he can recall things. Oh, you. It's But it's the truth. And so uh, <laughs> that's what... Nobody has a reaction or a knee jerk response that isn't rooted in something else that happened, and you know that psychology you have a behavior whether it's um uh, expressed uh physically or you contain it or everyone is a is is the sum of their parts and their experiences and that's what we saw on this show. Every single character, every single response, every single alliance was the sum of their experiences leading up to that moment. And then going forward, they might have a different response or a different alliance. And I, that's what I think is is so different about the characters on this show than anything else I've ever seen. Mm-hmm.
4: But that's like life. Everything. Yes. Every little moment is why we need therapy. It's why we if we drive by a Popeyes chicken, we immediately think Kirk diarrhea.
0: <laughs> way to lowbrow us back, Terry.
4: You know it's what?
3: It's trying to grounded. keep us grounded.
4: Stay grounded.
3: <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I mean, it is one of <laughs> that whole way
4: to way to lowbrow us back is probably I don't know. That's that's our relationship. I think.
3: That's-
4: Sums us up <laughs> uh,
3: I mean in what you just said, like Cole and Cassie are in season ones and seasons one and two, like ships passing in the night because of both where they start and then how those different experiences impact them like and it's fascinating to watch how one person is hardening and the other person's opening up. And it's totally understandable, right? From both of their perspectives. Like, I feel like in all of those season two episodes, you can play devil's advocate for either one. And that's not really necessarily common on Mm -mm. those television shows, you -hmm. know? I mean, we did, just to pick up, we did get a question that I think, you know, I've heard a lot of female fans wondering, "How how did you all write? I mean, there's so many different kinds of strength and complexities and all of the many, which is also rare, um, female characters on the show. And I, I felt often like as a woman watching, there's some TV shows where there'll be a scene and two women are talking to each other. And I'm kind of sitting like, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't
0: That's not how like- we talk.
3: <laughs> yes, right? It doesn't feel like two women, like this was written by, this was written by a man and what he thinks we talk about, like, but that's not the way we talk. And this show never feels that way. But it it's a lot of male writers. And so we, we actually got some questions <clears throat> asking, how did you all do that?
4: Uh, I, I don't really know how I, again, I get that question a lot. Um, I think, uh, yeah, there was a, uh, a lot of male writers. Also, we had Kristen or whatnot. I, I just don't, I never, it wasn't about let's set out and write a male character. Let's set out and write a female character. It was just,
0: you know, and maybe that's the fault in so many, with so many other writers.
4: I get yeah, I guess. and but the other thing is, you know, and truly, uh, is when we would get to set, you know, especially by season two, I tried to spend as much time on set as i I, I could. um but but you know, the the actors would bring their own nuance and jokes and rewrites and to curve out, you know, nothing, nothing terribly contextual, like deeply like rewriting up the line, but you know, their own sort of voice. So I think maybe that helps that, you know, Amanda, you could look at a line and be like, no one would say it like this. It would say it like this. Well, yeah, and Terry's
0: defense, there were a few times, I don't know why you need to be defended. You're proving your own case. Defend me. Defend me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There were a few times when I'd show up to set and I'd say, yeah, I I don't think this feels right. Or there were a couple of times, not very many Uh, at
4: all. uh, No, no, there was actually a bunch. And I was going to say this earlier is that Amanda – you know, just throw some compliments back at you. Amanda has an incredible, like uh, I, I said to her many times that she should be a producer on her own In that she would come in and be like, I don't think we're taking into context the scene that happened earlier or this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes it'd be like, no, I think we're okay. And then I'd get in the cut. And I'm like, fuck I should listen to Amanda. Um, she was right. <laughs> uh, specifically that scene. I remember in Prague, remember when they were all walking towards the steps and you're like, we just ran out of there. And we're now, we're like sauntering up to the. Do you remember that moment with um, No, which one? It was when, <laughs> it was when, um, what was his name? The, you know, Gandalf, the wizard. What was it?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> That's all you needed to say. <laughs> um, you guys are walking up to this, the, the stone stairs. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The previous yes, scene yes. was you guys rushing out. Um, and you're like, why are we just sort of dilly dallying? Yeah. And because Time was of amazing, that, yeah we had to cut that entire scene and just cut right into it because you were right. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, um, Amanda had a really good and Amanda's notes. Like, did you ever keep your, do you keep your 12 monkeys? notes? I
0: have three of them right next to me just in case I need to refer to any of them.
4: <laughs> she took amazing. the most wow. detailed, amazing <laughs> notes, um, thoughtful thought, really thoughtful, you know, she would dissect the script. Um, basically, when Amanda would get a script, it would go like this. She'd sit down and she'd go, bullshit, 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 Cassie.
0: <laughs> and he, This <laughs> is bullshit, a joke bullshit. because he knows it's not true Cassie. because I had a lot to say about what other people were doing too.
4: <laughs> That's true. That is actually true. That is very true.
0: <laughs> but I, what I was going to say about Terry is that he he created a very collaborative environment. So yeah, there were times when I would show up and I'd say, this doesn't feel right or maybe there's this, that, the other. and. I, Every single time he'd say to me, well, what's your pitch? And it really threw me off. You know, I really, the first few times that happened, I thought, I, I was just, first of all, A, I was just coming here to tell you, you're wrong, fix it. And
2: <laughs> B... <laughs> like true criticism. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I,
0: I don't have a solution. I'm just telling you to do better. Um, but then... <laughs> but then B, it was he trusts me and he he is interested in hearing what my take is on this this usually it was Cassie related on this human I cared so deeply about and that I just was holding with the most delicate uh, in the most delicate of grasps to just do her the best service I possibly could and he knew that he knew I was always going to to you know protect her, um, and maintain the integrity of the story, but also her, her, her essence. And, and so I, after a few times approaching him with those things, I began to realize that, that I was able to put my own take on things and that was encouraged. And that's not always the case on a show.
4: Which is crazy. I me. Mean. Yeah. That it's not, I don't know how you Yeah, like,
0: but I think again, that also it, comes back to not you, you don't necessarily trust the actors or it's ego driven, you know.
4: But you also have like you have great taste too. So you it wasn't like you were being like, "Oh, you know, I think she should do the Macarena here." <laughs> It was because you do get those, you do get those suggestions. You are like, no, let's just stick with the script. Um, <laughs> not but, the Macarena. <laughs> but you were also very, very patient. I mean, th- this was a very hard show to make, especially by the finale. The fina- making the finale was the craziest thing that I've ever done. I had, s- I was so exhausted by the end of it. I should have been hospitalized. Um, I was just, I was like brain dead.
0: Yeah, that's not um, what the um, medic fact- had to say, Terry.
4: <laughs> That's right. They actually <laughs> called the set medic to I me. Mean, I was like on our last day. I mean, you know, a, a man and I, we, sh- we kind of we shut down the show. Really, like we wrapped because um, we wrapped out in Toronto, um and then we went to Prague for the final month of shooting. But in my heart, we had basically wrapped mm-hmm. the show in um when we were on our main stages and the, the last shot. Really, I, in my in my heart of the series was was Amanda on that balcony. It was the last thing we did. you remember that? Of course. Um, and then we like, and then-
0: That was we, like five or six called, in the, I think it was probably closer to six in the morning. Five or
4: six in the morning. And then the last thing we did is we took a picture at the machine. No,
0: we strolled around. Terry, we strolled around. We I went think. from room to room of our home. I, I yeah, we did set. Maria
4: Condo. We were like, "Thank you."
0: Yes, we d- no. Thank you.
4: You bring a me joy.
0: Yeah, I don't know why she suddenly became Italian, but yeah, we went from room to room. And <laughs> we, offensive you Italian. You bring me joy. <laughs> and the meatball. We went from and the meatball. <laughs> we, we went from room to room, just and we were quiet for a lot of it. You know. Every once in a while, one of us, a, a sniffle or a snot, you know, drip would escape from us because we were crying silently, just going from room yeah. to room. And we took a couple things. Um, I took a, a little placard and and then we ended up at the time machine. And yeah. we, we finished in that room. We ended up at the time machine and we had – Stacey was with us, one of our producers who had been there from the very beginning from the pilot. and. You and I took the same picture at the time machine that we took at the top of the shop. When it was being built.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. It was under, it was under construction. Yeah. Oh, memories.
2: <laughs> Is that room truly as dark and confined as it appears? The time machine room? Yeah.
0: No.
1: It's enormous. It that, yeah.
4: It was at the greatest fucking set I've ever been on. And I've been on some blockbuster- like It was, you walked in there and you were like, oh, wow, this machine actually works. Mm -hmm. Um, And the light, like the blue light on, it just felt, it really felt magical. Um, It was impressive. And and the evidence room too. I think that's, uh, I I remember at the end, I I was expecting to cry by seeing the machine for the last time, but it was actually the evidence room board for some reason. I don't know Well,
0: so much emotion was at that table. That was home.
2: I mean, for everybody. That was home base.
4: Yeah. And, and on the board was four years of evidence mm-hmm. of, the, of that, story. You know what I mean? Going back from like leave and goings to Titan, you know? Um, and so it was like, Oh, that, I don't know. It was, that was the moment. <sighs> anyway, b- back to your scheduled podcast. <laughs> 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 That's
3: <laughs> what, um, yeah. Uh, just keying off the kind of filming those final scenes, not to be like, well, I'm just going to be cheesy. Like, your Amanda, your performance in the finale just kind of blew, I think, blew us all the way. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. There's so much, I mean, and in so many different ways. Uh, like, the scene where you were talking about, like, I am owed.
0: Well, Terry, um, Terry really directed me on that one. So that's not just my performance. That's also that's a, again a collaboration. How is you stop? It's no, but it's true because, <laughs> and I actually remember being bugged by um, your first bit of direction, which is why I bring this up. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, what was it? He really helped me, and I hated it. Here's why. No, <laughs>
0: I, I I liked where we ended. Not not we ended up. I when we did the rehearsal, which often is the case, the first time you say things in the rehearsal. Is when they're most spontaneous and they're um, kind of the most raw, and they sort of just, you know, spill out of you. And uh, I, what did I do? no no no, you recognize that. So when we went to shoot it, you were like the way you were doing it in the rehearsal. That's where it is. And I remember being bugged because oh, I was like,
4: yeah. I know you didn't remember what you did though. Yeah, wasn't it like because it sometimes kind of trying to get back to that place? Yes.
0: Because sometimes – and I, I know when I do a decent job in a rehearsal or even in a performance, I, I don't remember it, to be mm. perfectly honest. I don't know the things that I've done because I'm existing so much in that moment, especially when it's an emotional moment. And, and Terry was like, try to get back to where you were for the rehearsal – and I didn't know exactly what I had done, and I was so frustrated—not not with Terry for bringing it to my attention, but for me not being able to replicate, you know, what he what he was talking about. And that's that's why I was bugged.
4: Gotta Well, you nailed it. I mean, that scene is like that. It, in fact, I think even TV Guy, I mean, called you the MVP of season four. I mean, so much depended on that, on specifically that moment, because. If, if that moment, if you didn't nail that moment, you would never buy her hesitation at the, tit- the Titan console. Mm. You know, it, it, so you, if you didn't see her pain and where she was, the whole arc didn't work. So, um, and I remember, it, it was already a frustrating morning, because we were, <laughs> you specifically was trying, we were trying to explain to Barbara the temporal causality of the djinn. And she's like, I just don't, why doesn't she just go back and kill her grandmother? And we were like... <laughs> Like, no, it doesn't matter because as long as there's the gin, the gin, it can be undone. And it was like, and every, and then, and then it would like the argument would stop, and then she'd just come back to it. <laughs> and then, and then she would rarely, like, rarely, like, put her foot down, Barbara. And then I remember at one point she came out, of storming out of the room to us at the monitors, and was like, "This doesn't make any sense." I'm like, "Barbara, I'm telling you, we just spent 13 months in a room." We know it makes sense. Just trust us here. I, like it, it was like you don't you don't have a lot of time to.
0: Sorry. Sorry. That's fantastic. Sorry.
4: <laughs> that scored the moment. But anyway.
2: <laughs> that would be Barbara's so score. So what you're saying is everything would have been solved if Jones just did the Macarena? Is
3: that what it's <laughs> actually? Basically. <laughs> or it's actually, so So when we watch, from now on when we watch the scene and Cassie's like, can't we do something else? And Jones is like, no. In real life, it was the opposite. And Barbara was like, why can't we just do something else? <laughs> Right. Right? <laughs> is that well, Barbara,
0: okay. That's basically Barbara <laughs> Barbara is an amazing actress and she needs she likes to understand what she's putting out there, you know. So she was her character, she was supposed to understand the the, the finest intricacies of time travel and this machine and science and Barbara wanted to get what she was saying, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and she she didn't always go for these little monosyllabic responses you know she she wanted a very detailed response before she would embark on in her in her on her day and on her performance and and some like terry said that we we get it all out there the explanation would be laid but well, i don't understand and you're like no wow.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> meanwhile you have like 10 pages of stuff to shoot and you're like it's always the difficult part of making that no, show. No, but you
0: know what? Time. That's what lent itself to her beautiful performance because you believe it. She Yeah. You, mm-hmm. I mean, I was that was one that was one person, you know, Noah was brilliant in um in 113 rewatching, but I just thought, "Oh my god, Barbara. Oh my god, yeah. Barbara." Every single yeah. episode, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. Just so mm-hmm. great. There is
4: a gravitas she can just be sitting there with no dialogue and you're just looking at her and in, in the reflection of the light on her glasses. And you're like, I just love that character so much. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I saw the same thing that Peter Outerbridge. I just love. Yeah. Peter yeah Outerbridge. He
0: brought what, what a fun, you know, levity yeah. that he brought. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He was great. He sure was.
3: I mean, the other, when we, when uh, just in the farewell and then we watch the epilogue, I mean, we have your voiceover, but in terms of like what we're watching, whether you're redoing that like iconic scene from the pilot walking to the car, mm-hmm. um, or we're watching your face as Cassie's starting to remember things, or when you're sitting at the house alone at the end. I mean, so much of it is just coming down to having to express things with your face and not, you're not actually saying any words in the scene. So how did you approach – that's like a whole journey of emotions, right? And using kind of shorthand just with your facial expressions. How did you approach filming all those pieces?
0: Um, well, I might not be saying anything, but I'm obviously thinking all of the dialogue in my head. Um, so – and Terry did tell me – Actually, one of the recall moments we shot quite a bit before before the Emerson had to be destroyed, remember? Mhm. And that didn't yeah, make we, it. Yeah, had to
4: be made to, into 2043. Yeah. Oh, uh oh, which, which It didn't
0: make which, it. Which moment? The conversation with the um the desk clerk.
4: Oh, it, it's there. The desk clerk is there. What's not there is when she goes barging into suite 607. Yes, 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 yes. And it's completely completely remodeled. There was another scene after where she's like, suite 607, he's like, no. And she barges, she goes up and barges in and there's like a woman there and it's just a shitty, uh, it's been remodeled and it's like a shitty thing, but we just didn't, I felt like the story, I don't even think we shot it, right? No, we
0: did not shoot it. It's just
4: in, yeah, it was in the script. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a lot, it was a lot that we had to talk through you know, to, to get, to get to those places.
0: And then also rewatching the, the pilot for that, um, the scene, uh, and which is crazy because that was the scene where Cole, um, carjacks, uh, or kidnaps, I guess, Cassie. That was the first scene Aaron and I ever shot together. And that was one of our audition scenes too. Uh Oh
1: wow! Yeah, Yeah. in
0: Detroit, that was the first scene that we shot together, and um, the director of the pilot had Noah on the phone for every single take. So Noah wasn't working that day, but you know, Cassie and Aaron are supposed to be having a conversation, and so they had he had Noah on the phone. So Noah sat there and lived through that entire scene as well from his hotel room um, every take.
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Which is amazing when you go back and watch the pilot. The fact that you all made us so nostalgic about a carjacking. (laughs) It's like, that scene is like a woman's worst nightmare. (laughs) You know?
2: Um, We're like, where's the guy with the gun?
3: (laughs) I miss him. Um, Just talking about what, so, I mean, Terry mentioned at the beginning, I mean, you got, you and Aaron Stanford created like, one of the all-time great TV romances. Mm-hmm. Um but it's that almost seems like cheapening it in a way to call it just that. Like it's just really adult and layered and you guys did do like a masterful job with that will they or won't they for those two seasons, but then it just ended up being about so much more than just that. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could, I mean we'd love to just hear your thoughts about sort of Cassie's She's got a lot of really wonderful, complicated relationships with Cole, with Deacon, with Jennifer. Um, And we got actually a lot of questions about those. We'd just love to hear your thoughts, if you don't mind. Um, Sure. Just starting Um, off. Yeah.
0: Well, for starters, nobody has a simplistic relationship with anybody on this show. Um, So why would would their love story be any different? But um, I think – is there anything specific you want to know about? I mean, I think that was one of the most interesting things to explore for me. Um,
3: yeah. Why – if you've done other romantic stories on other shows, mm-hmm. how is – if this one, how is this one different or stands out to you?
0: Um, I, think, I think one of the things I find most interesting about this particular relationship is their power and their power struggle and um and how they're equals in so many ways and they don't they they start out as from such different worlds and maybe in, you know the it's the it's the brawn and the brains and then it just gets so tangled and woven in so many ways where they understand each other's worlds in so many different ways to where this relationship just is able to travel through time. I mean, I I can't even begin to, I'm obviously grasping to try to explain this because it's so much deeper, deeper than anything I've ever understood from a character that's written because it was also the layers and the accumulation of our experiences on set that fueled my respect and understanding for Aaron Stanford as a person as well. And, um, and I think the more I got to know him and hopefully the more he got to know me, the more I trusted him. And I think the more Cassie trusted him and it's a, it's a relationship based on complete physical trust and a, a love that is born out of time, literally so that it can't even be explained in words that exist in our language. it's it has to be. It's fated. No matter what they do, they're bound together. And and it was um it was so complex. There are so many reasons why it shouldn't work, and then just one really big reason why it had to.
2: It's so fascinating to see. In most time travel shows, you see you know someone come back from the apocalyptic future, but you don't get to see the person from the now, if you will go forward and to really understand what that landscape looks like and so i don't really understand why it was a surprise that the future did the exact same thing to cassie as it had done to cole previously mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
0: yeah of course i mean i think m- maybe the fact that she came from such a very different place uh, is what confounded people i guess um but you see the effects that Cole is bringing back, chipping away at her over the course of season one, and her very measured and practical responses and efforts to stop the plague doing absolutely nothing. So by the end of season one, everything she's done isn't it isn't making a dent in the overall outcome, and it's time for a dramatic um, change to the point where she's willing to raise a gun at somebody. You know, not not something at all she would have. She was horrified in the pilot episode that mm-hmm. Cole would do that with um, Goins, you know, cut to 13 episodes later. And this is what it takes. And I understand that now. I, I understand where you're coming from, literally.
2: I love the parallel between their scenes in this episode. You have um, originally Cole with Aaron, you know, who's obviously going through the uh, torture scene and then Aaron gets out and they have the the fight in Mm -hmm. the storage room if you will and Cassie doesn't actually see that Mm -mm. all she sees when she comes in she knows that it went from you know a period of torture and of course Aaron has betrayed her and she understands that but she also understands I think why he would have done it Mm -hmm. to some degree so she comes in and he's just being left there and he's dying and Cole just says you know he made his choice as if she's supposed to completely get over that but it flips on its head at the end whenever she looks at ramsey and you can you can genuinely see your face change which is incredible to me everything happened you can tell it happened in your head of okay everything that's happened up to this point has been on your terms but what you just told me you know is this person that i love made their choice so guess what ramsey made his choice too i'm shooting mm-hmm.
0: and that's also while they have a sentiment and thank you by the way i really appreciate you seeing all of those those moments and all of the steps that it, it that took also Acknowledging the fact that things happen on camera that not all uh, members of the cast or the, the characters, characters are privy yeah. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But that's also where they, they had a sentimental goodbye, uh, Cassie and Cole. But cut to season two, he sent her there, yes, to be patched up by Jones and to, um, to survive. But he didn't live up to his end of the deal you know, we wouldn't have needed to be in that place if, if Cole had just done what he said we were going to do, which is just shoot Ramsey, eliminate him. We think he's the witness at that point. Like just take care of your end of things. And so he sent her there to this hell on earth and he hasn't returned you know, he's living it up in Budapest with Ramsey and
4: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean and he he killed her one time partner. But he he, yeah. he can't kill the person who's going to destroy humanity? I I mean that's this baffling. And she's had months to ruminate, you know, to, to consider that. And it was it was their chance to end it all. All he had to do what she believes at least was kill ramsey that's it right
2: right Right. and i know from her perspective you know without seeing the fight i mean aaron aaron essentially ended up kind of killing himself i mean that you know not not literally but it wasn't like cole set out to just murder him but there is an element there though of you know revenge of you were directly involved in getting my father killed and yet there should be essentially an element of revenge when it comes to Cole and Ramsey. Cause he's like, wait a minute, you were behind this entire thing. And yet he's immediately willing to be like, okay, no, let's find another way because this is my person. Yeah. This person. is mine. This is mine. Like
0: that's but, it's, it is. I mean, as, as selfless as Cole is for, you know, 90% of the, the show, he has weak spots for those he loves, and that's obviously a very human, lovely element to him, but it can make some folks kind of mad.
3: Yeah. Well, even the conversation before Cassie walks in, the conversation between Cole and Ramsay, it outlines this theme, right, that the show plays with for four seasons, which it's not just one versus seven billion, it's your one versus my one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And everybody gets put through that ringer, right? Like Cassie's going to get put through that in season three when it's Ethan. And it's going to come to a different conclusion when it's her son, which is not the conclusion she's coming to in the season one finale, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely
2: love too the way that cassie and ramsey become pitted against each other for that you know not for cole's affection per se i don't think any one of the i don't think they're fighting for that but in cole's mind that's what happens and and in 209 when they go to you know the the guy who trades in truth Mm -hmm. and they both sit down you know and he said okay let's let's figure out what it is between you and you know she says well, someone that I love, or something to that degree, chose him over me and betrayed me, and he just looks at her and says, "Same." Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming from like opposite sides of the exact same coin. Absolutely. So,
4: yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, the not the librarian. Uh, the
2: librarian. <laughs> what was that guy's name? I actually would have agreed with you on that. <laughs> uh,
4: what was his name? That the
2: oh, because you the,
0: forgot the now. I forgot. No. Wow. He was cool. He was really cool. That costume awesome was, cool. was really neat. We that we weird. shot that. That was in a, um, an observatory.
4: Yep. In an old... a giant telescope there. Uh-huh. Remember we saw they had it pointed at Saturn and we could see the rings and everything? Yeah, it was really neat. That was cool. Yeah.
3: There's two – so two, and it kind of goes – I think we can end up talking about sort of Cassie's relationships with these two characters globally. But just starting with the episode you all watched, Cassie and Jennifer. Um, their scene in one thirteen. Cassie does not have time for Jennifer's crazy bullshit. <laughs> um, and taking that scene and then thinking about how that relationship develops over the series to what was one of my favorite, but it's a quieter moment. Um, I guess it's in one minute more. Um, when Cassie's kind of tending to Jennifer's wounds on yes. her hands, yeah. and they're both mourning Deacon, and it's just. You juxtapose those two The scenes. Keeper. Sorry. Yes. The Keeper. That's it. That's what <laughs>
4: it is. I'm
2: sitting here Googling it. I can't find it.
3: Yeah. Sorry. No, oh, no, no, no. I'm okay. glad to get that. Um. <laughs> How do we go from Cassie slapping Jennifer across the face to that really beautiful moment of these two women who have really come to be friends. You know, it means so much to each other. I think one the the
0: first episode that really explored their relationship was their little road trip.
2: Yeah, bodies of water. (laughs) We talk about that all the time. Do you? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Um, Bodies of water.
0: Yeah. Oh, good one, Terry. Thank you. Um,
4: Uh, Thank you.
0: (coughs) The librarian. And... um, (laughs)
2: Yes, you know the one where they go to the library. The
4: Uh,
1: bookman.
0: I think. I think. And and with, and I think for Emily and I as well. That was the first time she and I um, worked together quite a bit on the show, and it was a very emotional episode. And you know, I I would say from my perspective, I can't speak on behalf of Emily, but from my perspective. Being vulnerable as an actor um, can sometimes be challenging without having a level of trust uh, with you know, the other actor. And, and what was neat about that particular episode is that she and I both had very vulnerable moments. So we needed to be equally open to one another just like Cassie and, and Jennifer did with one another. They each save each other and Cassie sees in that moment so much more than who sh- who Jennifer presented before and Jennifer saves her life and there's so there are so many reasons why Jennifer didn't need to save her life um not least of which her weird affinity for Cole and <laughs> um and I think that was the very beginning of understanding from Cassie's point how broken this person is and how Desperate she is. She even says at the beginning of that episode something about her friend, um, and it turns out that it was just a plant from the army of the twelve monkeys. She didn't even have a friend,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know. And it's it it's it's sad. It, 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 Cassie still has that very empathetic core to her, and she sees so much more to to Jennifer that carries through an an understanding, you know, just from that point forward, just. And an appreciation, I think.
2: Especially because there are so many aspects to Jennifer that are still childlike.
0: Yeah. I think. And those those qualities can be really irritating at, in some moments. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And rather than just, I mean, it's it's the classic 12 Monkeys character where before Jennifer was just the irritation. Now we see the sum of those parts. So cut to um, the finale episode where it's good morning, Titan. You know, Cassie, three, epi- three seasons prior would be like, oh my God, shut up. You know, <laughs> Cassie then is like, that's right. She's, she's doing things her way and as quirky and silly and maybe irritating as it is, she'll, she'll get where she needs to go and she's got everyone's best interest in mind. She realizes how selfless Jennifer is.
3: Um, and there's I, a
4: genius to the crazy.
3: Oh, yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, before it was just crazy.
4: Chaos. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah she gets, gets the dosage right on her meds. <laughs> I right love that,
3: that line. Yeah. <laughs> the other sort of um, inkling we start to get that maybe there are some different sides to a character, I think, in 113 is with Deacon. You see him after he's brought the messengers into Raritan, and he's watching them at work. Yeah, I see it kind of playing across his face, kind of like a, what did I get myself into here? Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the end of the episode sets up that it's going to be Cassie and Deacon and Jones and setting up what we're going to find when we get after that time jump of about like eight months. Um, Just thinking about, I mean, I thought one, again, one of the more powerful quiet moments in the finale was Cassie telling Deacon, you're a good man. Um. So I was wondering if you could share your thoughts on that really complicated. Um,
4: and if you could also maybe share your thoughts on, like, maybe what that one night with Deacon was like.
2: like <laughs> a lot of people what, actually do want to you know
4: about that. People, what happened?
3: <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that because we people asked us to, ask, and I'm like, I'm not asking that. <laughs> but what I, am but- I?
4: What am I? I think I said this.
3: At, uh, Shut up, Terry. What I know the a
4: story. To you know,
3: tell
4: it's oh. the best story Amanda. <laughs> uh, so uh, I said this at a comic-con panel is so it's season four and uh, I was directing the, the second episode where they, they go back to the 2043 facility and we were outside one night and I was like look I think it's time for uh, another hot and sexy Cole and Cassie scene before we you know we need to see them in love we need you know it's time to do this again what do you guys think And they were down. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, let's figure it out. Then then, (laughs) Aaron and Amanda both sort of gave their interpretation of Cole and Cassie's sex life, which were vastly different. Cole was like, you know, I think it goes down, you know, maybe a couple times a day. I think it's a little oral. I think it's a little this. And Amanda was like, um, no. Cassie does not do that. And it suddenly, it became this debate. And, it, and she was, I don't know, maybe if it was like his birthday or something. I don't think I... have Ever laugh harder? In fact, if my, my Red Forest perfect moment is that conversation <laughs> right there because it wasn't, it, it, it ceased to become a joke and a real argument. Like it was, it, they were, it were impassioned. And it's kind of interesting because if you hear Todd tell it, Todd, Todd has his own version of what the deacon one night. With Cassie is and it, it's it sounds like it might have been a little depraved. Like it's really <laughs> like he when he speaks of it, there's an intensity, and then Amanda's kind of like no, no, no. <laughs> it was about it was about body warmth in the cold
0: and a whoopsie doodle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a whoopsie doodle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oopsie dude
2: Hold on I gotta write this I'm down. gonna use that all the time oh. now. A <laughs> oh, oopsie dude
4: <laughs> That's the name of this podcast from here on Whoopsie doodle. Well we
2: had another name I know the delusion no, The trumps trumps
3: Delusion Popeyes or whoopsie doodle You know what like, we're going to do a poll And with no context Ask people to name it And then they can find out what those two things mean
4: But, but a, whoop, a whoopsie doodle Implies such a delightful accident That
0: happens sometimes Oops Well it was for him <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> uh, <amazing. laughs> i
2: forgot what we were talking about <laughs> well that was yes, overwhelming so i think everybody
4: did go ahead with your intelligent question i will be quiet now <laughs>
2: Uh
0: what were what were we talking about before um <laughs> before we went on that trip down memory lane
3: Okay, so really, before we just finish up, were there any other um, sex questions? <laughs> <laughs> so, so many. I mean, there's a whole. There's so many observations that fans have made about blood washed away, but we don't have to.
4: Blood <laughs> we don't have to away. go there. Which one? Oh, oh, that big sex scene.
3: That mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> we can talk about that. We
2: have kind of like we have friends that you might not want to get into about that. They're fine with Cassie's arc, but they really would want to talk to you about the intricacies of of the sex.
3: They're working on a cards, a, a twelve monkeys cards against humanity <laughs> expansion what? pack. Yeah, that what yeah. Like yeah. That? That <laughs> Yeah,
4: Amanda. You could talk about it. you could talk about that scene. I mean, it was Amanda actually who saved that scene. I mean, why not? You... <laughs> no, for real. Like you did. Do you want? I mean, do you want to talk about that? You should talk about it.
0: I'm okay talking about okay, it. Cool. <clears throat> do you want to? Start okay. It? Okay.
4: I'll start it. So, <laughs> so okay. So in in the script, um, it was you knew they hooked up. They kissed. They made out. Blah blah. It was like a, a bunch of. Passion shots that were designed to cut artistically against the rest of the team being slaughtered in 2044. Um, but there wasn't really a concrete plan and um, you know, and, and I wanted to be sort of, you know, and, uh, as disrespectful as I am to Amanda, in this case, I wanted to be respectful. Uh, you know, and that- no, you
0: wanted to be respectful to Cassie. Disrespectful <laughs> to Amanda, to Amanda. <laughs>
4: exactly. Right. I do love Cassie. So, uh, so it w- wasn't really something that we really sat down and, and planned. And then uh, I remember I was at lunch. And Amanda just sort of sits down in front of me and, you know, it it was, I think it was like the second to last day or the last day of shooting of season two. And she's like, Terry, I'm I'm really just thinking about the scene. It, it, you know, we've been building.
0: That was the second to the last day because the the very last day is the day we shot. I finished season two on that
4: scene. Oh, you wrapped out on on the sex scene?
0: Yeah, they wrapped me out when I was just like in a rope, and I was like, not like this, not like this.
4: <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> so um, Amanda sits down, and she's like, Terry, I'm like, uh, what? Uh, she's like, this is a really big scene. I'm like, I know. And she's like, well, we've we've got to do it right. We've got we we should we should probably really do like a like a real sex scene. And it was about the last thing I had expected Amanda to ever sit down at lunch and say. I was like, well, I mean, Amanda, I mean, if we're going to do it, you know, it's a cable show. We, we should, we, we'd we have to go for it. I mean, he'd have to slam you against the wall. You'd have to tear your clothes off. And, and then I'm thinking that's the end of it. We went back to whatever our redundant food of the week was chicken or with dried chicken. <laughs>
2: redundant. Uh,
4: and uh, she's like, I'm um,
2: not Popeye's. No, no, it's the same old
4: cater. And she goes, let's I think we should, we really need to to do this, Amanda doubled down on it. I was like, all right, well, and then we, I'm like, I don't really know what we can even do. It was like this tiny bedroom with, with not much. So we went, and we walked, as you remember, Amanda, we went and we walked like, let's go look at the room. And uh, there was the dresser. This
0: is also, at this point, this is without Aaron's. Yeah,
4: I know. Or, or the director, <laughs> uh, David Grossman. <laughs> and we're just kind of like, well, what, would, what could you do? And it, and it was like, well, there's the dresser. I guess he could. He could put her on the dresser. Yes, or- no,
0: Aaron got it. Aaron saw you and me walking to set, and he was like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And I was like, "We're just going to go plan our sex scene. Want to join?" And he was like, "Let's go." And so <laughs> I what he said, but, of-
4: but yeah, you remember what he said. <laughs> yeah,
0: he said something else. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which will remain. What do you say? No, no, it's uh, it's vulgar. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Um. So the three of us are just like, like joining, like, at first it was just Terry and me walking to the bedroom, then we joined, then Aaron joined in, where the three of us are walking to the bedroom, then eventually we grabbed the director, he joined, like, so it just, like, turned into, like, this merry band of sex pots just walk into the, <laughs> the bedroom to, like, plan it out, and we, but I do want to start by saying this scene was supposed to be shot days prior, maybe even a week or two prior, and... We got to the set that they had where we were shooting um, the scene where they first kiss. And it was supposed to be there where he just kind of lays her down and it's implied what happens. And I looked at the couch in the bedroom or in the, um, in the living room area. And Cole's been living there for a little while. He's a bachelor. He probably just has secondhand things. It was so unsexy. It was gross. (laughs) The couch was like grandma's little secondhand blue mini. It was disgusting, and I turned to a couple people and I was like, "This is not sexy. This is like the antithesis of sexiness." Can we can we like figure out something else? And I and I'm not sure who from there figured out. I don't think the bedroom had been built, and so they needed to build a bedroom and. And that's when it – so we had like a week later. um, Also, I think Terry was concerned that Cassie and Cole were going to kiss on camera and it was going to be the most undesirable thing to ever see. There was a lot of teasing that went on before we shot it. Terry made fun of me saying that it was just my very thin
4: lips (laughs) and just didn't know – the thin lips. Yeah, because Kat, Amanda will believe anything you say in jest, and Amanda clearly does not have thin lips. But what I didn't know is that Amanda then developed a complex about her, <laughs> her lips because of that. I was like, it's clearly – you have the – like, would you – I mean, I can't even imagine why you would. But it was uh, – yeah, that was –
0: No, but – okay, so getting – anyway, sorry, Terry. I, I interrupt that. Yeah. So So – but it was also we started talking, you're giving me more credit um, because I oh, I'm not sure when you said it to me, but I, I will never forget when you said to me, this has to be special. It's the two of them have been waiting, you know, not just for two seasons, but for years and the tension has been building and everything that has happened between the two of them. and I'll remember I remember you saying to me, you should be almost crying. When this happens, it's just such a release. And when you said that to me, something resonated within me that I just thought the idea of a couple of chased pecks on this dingy couch is just not <laughs> going to cut it. Like- <laughs> couple of That's things. a new Chase name pecs. as well. Chase yeah. pecks
2: on a Chase dingy couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: so good. Um- She's a writer. Too. I bet you guys didn't know she is a writer. <laughs>
0: um, and so. And so that's it. You're giving me more credit because you're the one who who stirred the impetus where it was just like this needs to this needs to be such a moment because it's also we knew it was going to be intercut with n- just throats getting slashed yeah. and it it had to be it had to that had to be parallel to the violence yeah and so. How can we do that within the confines of, um, you know, sci-fi of, of the, cable television? Yeah. Well, I mean, I love,
4: I mean, you know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves into season two, but I, 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 loved that. Um, I'd never seen that before. Like a moment you had been waiting so long for juxtaposed with something that you absolutely did not want, you know, like with the, watching these people, you know, like hammock at her throat, cut and Whitley and, and, uh, uh, Kirk being brutally stabbed. Um, uh, so, but the um, it was yeah. It, I know I remember. So that we closed off the set. We had to have a cl- we close set because you know they they were in there unmentionables, and um, they was I, I mean who was just in there was it was it um, Jorge with a boom mic. There was like well, nobody. You know,
0: Jorge found his way yeah, in there. Yeah, he
4: wouldn't miss it. <laughs> wouldn't miss that for the world. Um, so and. I, I walked back. It was before we shot anything. I'm like, I, I did not. You know, it, it, it was certainly the first sex scene I had ever shot. I, I can't speak for you. I mean, you've done probably a few least intense love um, scenes over the years.
0: Yeah, not not. You know what? I think that was probably a little bit more. It was certainly more choreographed, and it was definitely um, more revealing. I think than yeah
4: and and so we went back and i I went back to them like guys let's just see how it goes and then we'll figure it out and the we rolled and it was the cameras were great they were great it was hot and it was like this is actually going to work and the 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 best moment for me was um we had we wrapped right in i think december right um because it was over christmas it was over christmas break I got a call from the editors saying, we just finished the director's cut of that episode and you are going to be really happy. And I, um, I think I was cutting 11 still, which needed a lot of work. So I hadn't watched it and I hadn't watched 13 yet. So they sent me, they sent me home on it and I watched that last scene and the editors had cut this, like, um, this vocal piece, um, over it. And, by the time it was over i remember uh, uh, i was grinning i had such a smile on my face because it worked at this moment had worked so well that my face hurt that i'd been smiling for like 3 minutes straight because it was exactly what i saw in the script but even better and and that the the show had sort of leaped now the drama of this of what happens in 12 from basically from like 11 12 13 is one big movie um, had Taking the show to another level, and the fact that uh, that it that it at all that it worked um, would make the finale so much more satisfying when you see them opening Christmas presents because you would believe it, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what also is interesting is that we shot all of this stuff at Titan. Um... <laughs> Titan. <laughs> um before any of the stuff in the house of cedar and pine. So
4: Oh, that's true, yeah. That
0: was that was looming large then. It was looming large, but it was also um it, we needed to make sure that we had the depth and you know the weight of everything that ha- happened there in the city which will not be named um you know <laughs> to to their perfect moment as well, you know.
3: Yeah, that's a stark contrast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we ask you about your big Cassie is not here for your entertainment scene? um, (laughs) Because it is our, you know, it is my, I can at least, I'll speak for myself. It is my favorite feminist moment on TV in 2018. (laughs) <laughs> it's Cassie mowing down Nazis for To that song. Um, Thanks. So, and I, can you, I, I don't know, do you have a page in that notebook where you read that script for the first time and then wrote WTF in your notebook? Or? No, you know
0: what's funny is that um, Terry didn't think I would go for that. Remember that?
3: Yeah,
4: it's true. And <laughs> I said let's put it in the um, script I think or maybe I told you before the script was coming out that there was a thing I forget
0: yeah I, well we shot really out of order so I hadn't gotten the script because we shot that out of order we, that was one of the last episodes we shot um, and and so we had shot um, what we shoot in Prague we shot 10 and 6 correct?
4: in Prague and 8 the, 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 the Middle Ages
0: Right. Yeah. So we had shot around that episode, so I hadn't actually seen it. So I didn't know that that's how it was going to happen. But you didn't think that I would be game for it. But I remember being kind of Fine. Um, unfazed. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then your expression made me think that I shouldn't have that reaction. Like, you were like, really? And I was like, oh, no. Should I not have just agreed to what I disagreed to do? Right. Now I'm confused. Like, <laughs> it was – yeah, I mean, obviously that seemed like something Cassie would do. I worried that it would come off as gratuitous. Yeah. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, what? No, I
4: mean, I, I'm to this day, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure. Um, I, it, I, I knew that, you know, it, Cassie needed a gigantically cool moment down there. And it wasn't enough to see her kill a bunch of people again. Like, we had seen her do that a million times now, you know, mow down a bunch of people. Um, and it was you know, outrageous at this point, what was going on in, in the story. And it was also this moment where it's like, Jennifer Goines always gets these giant, you know, crowd pleasing moments that Cassie needed to have, have that, have that same level of holy shit um, in that moment too. And it was actually the last time we would have any real fun in the show you know until the some of the stuff in the finale it was like
0: it was i mean at the at the risk of sounding a little bit i don't want to sound gauche because it was you know there was obviously a lot of depth to you know the circumstances but it was for all intents and purposes the romp of yeah season 4 right mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Besides Jennifer's um, alias impression, <laughs> <in> <laughs> but it was museum. like the '80s. It was
3: like the '80s heist episode of season. <laughs> yeah, four. absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Each each season,
0: um, you know, the writers made sure that there was at least one episode. Obviously, there are moments throughout. There's a lot of dry wit throughout every episode, but each each season had one episode that gives audience. A collective breath of release before we dive back into the enormity of the situation.
4: Yeah, yep. And, Sorry, I interrupted. And so, um, but there was a lot of a lot of costume fittings and a lot of shut up. What, what? What are you afraid I'm going <laughs> to say?
2: <laughs> I don't know. But they
4: no, but I, 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 I know. no, no. It was great. It was it. It, it came out great. Um, I love that shot too. Um, David shot of when she steps out. Um, that the sort of dolly in, I mean, she looks fucking awesome. Um, and, and you know, the, the whole thing for me, and again, there are, there are people who just hate the moment, whether they find it unbelievable that she'd be able to find that get up in time, which is like whatever time travel. Um, but I mean, it's like, if you're on board this far with the fact that Hitler is upstairs and she's singing pink, then you're fine with the fact that she had, she could get this Well, what?
0: okay. Can I just interrupt that big thought? Yeah. Uh-huh. She didn't have the time to find that outfit, and yet Jennifer Goines had the time to write out sheet music she and like adapt <laughs> the the score to those instruments. To be fair,
4: she just wrote out the chord progression, but it's okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it, it's absolutely true. I'm with you. Um, but so I think there there's either the believability, which is whatever at that moment. I, I I'm fine with it. Um, or they just found it to be a detriment to Cassie's character. And and I think I said this on the other podcast. Um, we had spent four seasons making her the coolest, smartest person in the room. Um, God forbid she'd be really fucking sexy for like 10 seconds, you know, that we, we, we do this. And, and uh, you know, we've never been, um, I never thought we were gratuitous with, with Cassie. At all. And I
0: didn't feel like Cassie was sexualized at that moment either.
4: Uh, I opinion. think that the Nazis probably, they were like, whoa.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't feel objectified. Right. I didn't feel like she was objectified, I guess so is a better a word for it. It's shocking distraction. distraction
1: dance.
3: Yeah. I mean, if anything, she's claiming her, right? She's claiming it and it, using it, right? Yes. So it's not being objectified. She's the one who's doctor. Well, it's, it's weaponized. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah.
0: he have weaponized stilettos. <laughs> 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 a weaponized corset. Yeah.
3: Um I think we're we're almost out of time so we just want to – one of the other really big um I think we s- sort of when you step back and you think about Cassie as a doctor and do no harm and sort of that where where we when we first meet her and when we see her in the epilogue, um, when you found out that it was Cassie who released the plague. And then you had to approach filming that scene, which is just so beautifully shot, like with the camera spinning around and um, watching. So, like, you can almost see sort of the wheels turning um, in Cassie's head, right, after she talks to the pallid man.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I, I guess we understand from Terry that that originally was revealed in a season three script.
0: Yeah, um, with Ethan.
4: Yeah.
3: In yeah.
0: every version I've ever known, it was you who released the play. Mm. See, good memory.
4: Yeah. That's the exact line.
0: Yeah, so yeah, when you- that was that was cut, that was, um, I think <clears throat> I think what was helpful is having lived and shot that moment with Ethan because um, that happened for Cassie. So I think that launched me into the the gravitas of knowing that going forward, at least on some sort of subconscious level. Um, so. But then there's a denial and obviously pushing it away and forcing it away because that can't possibly be true. How could that ever possibly be true? Um, so whether that, you know, made it or not, I lived through it. And um, and so th- that was actually, that was an interesting gift that it didn't go to camera because I think then that's just tipping your hand too much to the audience, right? So they're just waiting for it. Is it this episode? Is she going to release it this episode? And then it's, well, obviously she's going to do it. We knew she was going to do yeah. it. And that just cheapens it because there's so much more weight to her having to do it and the reasons and what that means. And then the fallout from it afterwards where it's, I just did the 7 billion. So allow me this one. How could this possibly, how could this then, after what I just did and what I was forced to do, how could you not allow me the one person that means more than any of that? That's the cruelest the cruelest trick that time could possibly play. And how are you all looking at me with completely straight faces and allowing this to even be a conversation?
3: Yeah. I mean, one of the things when you go back, I mean, I know you all said when you watch season one, it feels like like the baby version of the show or a pilot for the show. But there's two – I mean, even in this episode when Cassie and Cole are questioning Aaron and it's all about one for seven billion and the plague and now you sit there on rewatch and it's like a head desk – because it's them <laughs> who yeah. dropped the vial, right? Yeah. But when you think back to that Cassie, when you when Cassie dies at the C D C, um, I mean one of the things that kind of blows us away is that Cassie has to go back as a doctor. Mm-hmm. And even though she knows that eventually everything's gonna be reset, she still has to go back and witness the the repercussions of that moment, at least for some period of time, I think, right? Because we watch her die at the CDC. Um, have you ever thought about that, like, when your character had to go back? What she well, has-
0: Terry and I talked about it when we were shooting that. And Terry was saying – and he did actually tell me, you two have already had a kid together at this point. When we were shooting that ep- the episode oh, yeah. where um, – and that was – that was hard to sort of fill in those blanks with only the few um, breadcrumbs that I had. Uh, but And you said to me also, um, you actually said there's a very good chance that you gave yourself this intentionally for him to come back to find you because you know that if you have the plague, he'll have to come back to you. Right. And, and so those were, those were ideas that I knew going into the scene where she gives him the paper um, and kind of gives him the last final clue that it was maybe all intentional, you know, to, to get to that moment.
4: That's right. I think in, in, in the, the original script, I think she, it was before, uh, she says a name. I don't know if I ever made a draft to you, but it was she, before she died, she said, Ethan's name.
0: Yeah, I think I don't know remember whether it was a draft or whether you told Yeah,
4: me. it we, we we did write that. Um and so you would be like, "Okay, who the fuck is Ethan?" and then you wouldn't find out until season 3. <coughs> um, but it was too Oh wow. It we had, it, we felt like we had we were locking ourselves in in case things would change. Um so ultimately, and it kind of over like she said that and then she said the red forest thing and it kind of like it was like this endless list of mysteries. That she would just say uh, while she was dying. So. Yeah,
0: and then like <laughs> one yeah. more thing.
4: Like- <laughs> well, yeah. So and it, w- it was tricky to begin with. So um, so we cut it. But yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
3: Huh. Wow. So that that's so. I mean, because now that scene is just man. It just stands out as to why this show is just so special. Um, but that's so interesting that you you knew that at that point.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I didn't know the details of any of it. You know, I didn't know the intricacies. And so I was trying to express a a life lived together without knowing the roots of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but, and because Cole also doesn't know the roots of it at that point.
2: Mm. Right. Yeah. Before Uh, you guys run, Amanda, what can we see
0: you in now? What are you working on? Yeah. Oh, um, I am now a regular on Suits on USA.
3: You were just promoted to senior partner. Congratulations. (laughs)
0: Thank you very much. (laughs) I was just promoted to senior partner in um, the first – yeah, they they air it uh, the first 10 and then the back six, and the back six are coming up starting next week.
3: Nice. That's yeah. very hard to do as a woman. So, really, congratulations! Thank you <laughs> very, very much. much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, it's interesting
0: because um, my character on that show, Katrina Bennett, is a senior partner. Um, she's a corporate attorney, and that's actually my father's exact profession. So, oh wow! I have a, a resident expert and um, and an ear, you know, where I can I can turn and ask for all sorts of um, validation about just different choices I make with that.
3: Oh, that's so fun. Has he ever had his like, honey, I threw a pillow because that doesn't happen in real life? <laughs> <laughs> no. no,
0: no, there were a couple of questions that I had and I told Aaron Korsh, um, who's the creator, showrunner, that there were a couple of times where I would call my dad and I'd be like, dad, in this particular situation, is this what you would do? And, and he validated it. And I told Aaron Korsh that and he was like, Really? <laughs> oh. We didn't even know. So <laughs> I'm sure he did and he's just being silly but yeah, I um I definitely asked my father for for legal advice when it comes to certain elements. <laughs>
3: That's so fun. Um and Terry um you, you can find me at uh,
4: Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every uh,
3: Not true.
0: Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin you Donuts. know
4: it. I, oh, that's right. That was weird. One time <laughs> Amanda stalked me at a Dunkin' Donuts. That's a whole other story for another podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, was, but it was
0: a vicarious <laughs> stocking, which made it even it was so
4: weird. That was the weirdest thing. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> leave that in history. <laughs>
2: Any updates on those pilots? Uh, yeah,
4: update. I mean the, uh, they're in, um, and uh, everybody's really, really happy. I think what ha- what's so so it's crazy pilot season, network pilots in general is they buy so many of these things, um, and they only have like six slots. They can make six or so. Um, so it, it it actually now uh, just depends on the other things they pick up, and they're like, does this fit into our our puzzle? Um, so, but, um, I'm optimistic about one of them, but, but, you know, cautiously the, 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 mathematic reality, mathematical reality is that probably neither of them go. Um, but they're well, they'd be n-
0: fools. I think the world would be a lot better with a little bit more of your work out there, Terry.
3: Oh, I, mm-hmm.
4: I appreciate that. Um, and so, so we'll see. We'll see. There's, there's lots of stuff. Yeah. We were all.
3: We are all spoiled by this show. And now we're just oh, all stop, left saying, stop, but stop. <laughs> no, well, thank
4: you guys for keeping um, it alive with this podcast. You know, it's been, um, it's been, fun. this
3: is bittersweet.
4: Yeah. It's,
3: you can always come back.
4: Yeah. I know Todd's <laughs> so going
0: We'll back. still be is he? Yeah.
4: Todd will come back. I'm sure.
0: Well, has he not been invited?
4: No, 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 no. Todd. Is, Todd
2: did. is he? Oh, Todd, he's right. not even
3: <laughs> on. We didn't know that he just like really talked to us. That was high-pitched excitement because <laughs> we didn't know that. Amanda,
4: Amanda Todd, Todd sang for them. He gave a little, uh, don't you forget about he me. did.
3: Uh-huh. Um, oh, <laughs> you lucky lady. Our, we like left our bodies. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: so, yeah.
4: Yeah, well, listen, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it, even though I have I had to sit through that entire Sean Tretta manifesto. Um, it, <laughs> one, it was for one of the, one of the fans was like, "Thank you, Sean Tretta, on Facebook for uh, uh, light, like, giving me the way to see to the Red Fort." I was like, "That son of a bitch!" So at some point, yeah, <laughs> Sean and I And then I, well, Sean
0: copied and pasted it and made it his so t-shirt. Like...
4: Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was um, it was oh yeah I gotta tell one quick story I don't know if you've heard the story but, uh, so um, a- after the finale aired I um, I had a meeting over at Fox and um, w- w- this rarely happens to me usually most people have not seen 12 bookies but
0: um, Usually, mostly,
4: <laughs> but the, uh, in the, in this case, people were coming out of their offices and they were talking about the finale. Like really,
0: there he legitimately, is, legitimately.
4: Like my god, Terry
0: metallic It was like
4: the, like the slow clap as I moved through. Right? <laughs> uh, and, but it was really cool.
0: One by one, they stood in their cubicles and slow clapped him into the. It wasn't room. one by
4: one, Amanda. It was instantaneously. They rose with a fury. <laughs> so so uh, so. So all these people are coming out. It was really great. And I and I get into the meeting. The two execs are like, we're 12 Monkeys fans. We love the finale. We're crying our way through. Blah, blah, We loved it so much. And um, as you know, Sean Tretto is on one of our shows, uh, Mayans. And, well, we were really, really sad when he explained to us that everybody's trapped in the Red Forest at the end. I was like, what? Oh, no. And she's like, yeah, he, he's, he sent us an email. I'm like, what? She's like, an eight-page email. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it was like this big, long. I was like, Sean, stop. Um I love Sean. Sean is a genius. But it was so funny. He
0: is and you know what though that's a testament to his passion. It is.
4: He believes in the red forest. For his
0: position, his his argument. Uh,
4: for the for for pain and suffering and misery. I agree.
0: It's not. <laughs> how could you possibly say that? You know what? I'm siding with Sean on in disagreeing with you because how could how could all of your best moments just combined into one beautiful, I, I just, I can't. I, I just don't
4: think it works that way. I don't think it. I, 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 like, don't you live and die in the same? moment You just get to magically pick your favorite moment. You get to hang out because a bunch of religion. You
0: wrote it, yeah, dude. Those, yes, yeah, it's all were, the best moments. Those
4: villains were religious zealots that were crazy. They were crazy people. So, and I just.
0: Did you see how happy Shaw was dancing up and down the hallway oh, yeah, of saying, the hotel? Yeah, that's
4: the guy. I want to. <laughs> I want to put. <laughs> The fate of the universe <laughs> in. The guy, yeah, that's right. He was, I forgot about it. He, how great was that? When Christopher With Christopher Lloyd. jacks
0: did, and hopscotch. And pick
4: up sticks. Wow. Yeah. Pick up sticks. We got, we got to see Christopher Lloyd do that. We are lucky people.
2: <laughs> you but know but what? But if we, it is what Jones thought, which this is what always – sticks me and none in of Red us Horse know argument.
3: no one knows
2: no one knows exactly what it is however if you if you look at it strictly like logically in the sense that you have eliminated time but not space then every moment simultaneously existing first of all where's everyone gonna go <laughs> because like i i mean i don't i don't know and is you know is it's the just the day that the bomb was dropped on nagasaki like the exact same day that you know, I mean, cassie they, and cole like were I, I, super excited i mean i don't it I mean, doesn't I, work for me i i don't like i, I, I think, think tina tina thinking.
4: go ahead because you've said it best on many of these podcasts it's just it's not a good story. It's not a good narrative arc. It's not a. Good, it's not good for Cassie. It's not good for Cole. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't make for a good story for the for her yeah. to have gone up there and fought her way and decided. Mm, no, I'm going. I want uh, this. I want to be in a house forever with a kid who doesn't die. Like that whole speech has no meaning if she didn't yeah. turn it off.
0: Well, he doesn't yeah. say die. He says a child who never ages. A right. son who
4: never
3: I mean, it, it, it's, it's absolutely true. It's not a satisfying, heroic – well, in some ways, it's not a satisfying, heroic moment for Cassie. In, other way, in another way, it, it is – I mean, the one thing I did find compelling when Sean explained it, because I, I, I do think, however, whatever Jones thinks it is, whatever Shaw thinks it is, nobody knows – and, and we mm-hmm. like if you break time and space. I don't even know if our minds can wrap our, uh, our. We can't wrap our minds around what that would be. But if you do think of it in terms of an afterlife, then what Cassie's choosing is remaining mortal and everything that comes with that, which is you know something that has tortured humans for millennia. Um, that we die and we lose people we love, or choosing to live in an afterlife where it's our consciousness. And when you put it that way, if that's what you think it is, then it's not necessarily unheroic. Um, it's not necessarily like torture that it's death and living at the same time. It's just choosing a different state for humanity to so, live in. And maybe we're not human anymore. But why, you know? So why it's does Jones sort of
4: die? Why does Cole climb into the machine? If those those yeah. moments yeah. would not have happened if everything from the moment she didn't push the button, they would just instantaneously be at the house. This whole argument was like, well, time would need you to think, but like, why, why is that so weird? Time's dead. The bread forest was the death of time. So time doesn't need you to do anything. It's not there. It's gone. So, um, I don't know. I just don't think it look, look again. You know, it was the whole point of, of me ending it this way was that we could have this debate. I, I'm just surprised at how many.
0: I know you're. No, you're bringing this debate on yourself. I mean, because they said that, as they said, when Todd read it, it was pretty cut and dry. There wasn't any ambiguity.
2: Well,
4: in the and script, though, but
0: Todd, if anyone, Todd has a Todd understood this show and the intricacies of this show and is very clever and understands every element of it. He would have seen if you, on the page, had allowed for any kind of a
4: loophole. I, and- I think he doesn't remember because in the last page, the the, <laughs> the, the original the original ending was, was – the voiceover was Jennifer. And she's like, the, the, the right ending is the one that you choose. And you saw both her turn off the machine and not turn off the machine. And then you saw the red leaf. That was what was, was in the script.
0: Did we get that?
4: Yeah, you got it. I guarantee you, if you pull it up in your in your Gmail, that that's what it is. And I never really, it never really was satisfied with that voiceover. I was like, well, I'll just let me cut it together, and then I'll know what it has to be. And the fact that you know, obviously, I'd be Cole and the and the bookend to the pilot, you know. But that's more obvious when you sit down and cut it. But yeah, it was the right ending is the one that you choose, and that choice is yours to make. Is the she is what she said, and then you see the red the red leaf. Um, mm-hmm. so it was in fact, in some ways, it was probably a little bit more um up in the air uh but whatever, I was stupid
3: i mean here's here's the <laughs> thing, here's the thing, there's three great. You will. We will all debate the endings for – until the end of time, series finales. And it's The Sopranos, The Leftovers, and Twelve Monkeys. And that's really amazing company to be in, right? Like those are the three, to me, the ones that like you sit down and you want to get to know someone and they say they love TV. It's like, what do you think happened when it went to black with Tony Soprano? <laughs> what do you think Nora did at the end? Did you believe Nora? And do you think Cassie stopped the countdown? I gotta watch and they're the like The thna- I haven't
4: seen
3: it. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah. Have you read it? The,
4: the leftovers. There's a book. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I've never, oh, no, I've never read books.
3: it. Yeah. Oh, Did I you read it that. or watch it, Amanda?
0: Um, I watched the first two seasons. It must have been two seasons, um, and then I got the books, and I I think I need to read them before I finish the show.
3: I think I think that I think the first season's the book, and then the next two seasons is just them going crazy.
0: Is that right? Oh, okay.
3: Okay. I think so. Right? We oh, Brandy, Brandy, you haven't seen it either, right? I, heard, I, heard. I watched
2: the first two seasons. Um yeah. And now I don't have HBO cuz, you know. Oh,
3: well, I'll give you my password. <laughs> no worries. Um anyway, so I mean, it's like one of the all-time great. I mean, it's amazing that people are still debating it. So, okay, I'm um, that. Um are you uh so Terry, are you committing to come back and have the final like Def smackdown with sean so sure. actually
4: sure i guess maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't know
3: neither
0: one of them is going to give you know they have both oh, sean will definitely not give
4: no I, I, i'm definitely i'm not going to give either i mean look it's up to you guys if you want to it's again at the end of the day it is truly up to don't you don't
0: cast judgment on people's opinion though terry
4: I'm just. I'm. I'm not casting judgment. I'm just disappointed, Amanda. I'm just God, disappointed. That's the worst.
0: I'm <laughs> not a mad. I'm just disappointed.
4: I <laughs> can't believe that's Cassie would say that. But I understand.
3: <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You guys Thank are so generous. You. Thank you. So oh, yeah. this was
0: this was fun and very bittersweet. Yeah. I, I I appreciate the time to do this. Thank you. Ow! <laughs>
2: You guys know that's how we always react right when we get off a call with these amazing cast members and creators.
3: Oh my god, that was so cool. I think I was alternatively, like, filled with rage hearing those real-life, like, Twitter stories, but also just, um... Gosh, I'm just so appreciative of that character and the story. And that was just really amazing. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you so much to both Terry and Amanda for being so generous with their time very early on the West Coast um, this morning. And we, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, just some programming notes. Our next podcast, Megan, is coming back. Um, we're probably going to break down 113 just a little bit more um, and then dive right into the season two premiere. So we're really excited to kick off um, our season two rewatch. Um, and, Beep, if you don't have anything else, nope. Then we- Sorry. All right. <laughs> nah.
2: it was our a, brains are just done. It was a
3: uh, rhetorical, if you don't have anything else. <laughs>
2: then we'll see you soon.